Welcome to Reflect the Life You Want, where we talk about not only how to survive, but to thrive. I'm your host, Tim Howard, man school strategist, former Army officer, successful Homes for Heroes real estate agent. This show will focus on living a life of greatness, of wholeness, and completeness. This show will be talking about our dreams, our goals, and how to go about creating them. So join me to learn how to reflect and design the life you want to live. So this is Tim Howard, the host of Reflect the Life You Want. I'm excited today to have as a special guest, David Reeser of Opiate. So David, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Sincerely yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, we were connecting with uh, another guest this afternoon when, when you and I first met, I think it was probably four or five years ago, we were at the Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship at UNC Wilmington. I, I can't remember if it was a, a Bunker Labs event or something, but there were a number of young entrepreneurs mm-hmm. that were, you know, just really getting started in Wilmington that were speaking and I would just remember how, I don't know, the impact that it had with me, but it was like, wow, look at this guy go. He's going after a real issue that's affecting not only our community, but affecting the nation with the, the, the abuse and overuse of opioid pharmaceuticals that's in right. our community. Yeah, so that's where you and I first started. Yeah, when I heard labs, you. yeah. That feels like a long time ago. That's pre-COVID. <laughs> That's kind of like BC. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit for our listening audience, a little bit about your personal history and background so they get a sense of who is David, mm. a little bit maybe about this organization, Opiate, and then we'll go into some other cool stuff. My personal background. So, um, you know, I, I don't think we are what we do, mm-hmm. just to be clear. So I don't identify with what I do. I identify with uh, who I am. You know, I, I first see myself as a Christian. I'm a believer. You know, I'm a father, I'm a brother, and uh, I'm a friend, and uh, I do my best and give my best to my family, and I keep things really simple. You know, data science is really complicated, you know? Yeah. It's not as complicated as musical theory or maybe uh, jet propulsion engines, but uh, data science is pretty complicated, But I, so I keep my life very simple. My personal life is really dialed in. Yeah. You know, so uh, my priorities are God, my family, and opiate in that order, yeah. and uh, I cut out the fluff. Um, and I'm focused because I want to make sure I can make a difference on this side of the dirt. So, um, yeah, that's how that's how uh, how I how I lay that out. So now you're married. You have two children. Yes. Two yep. Children. Yep. Grace is seven. Olivia, who's twelve. And your wife's name is Kristen. Kristen. Yeah. And you guys moved down from was it Pennsylvania? That's right. Yeah, Pennsylvania. Back in 2016. Feels yeah. like a lifetime ago. Though. <laughs> <laughs> in, in many ways, it, it was a lifetime ago. That's about. I had just gotten involved in real estate, and I'm a Homes for Heroes realtor, so mm-hmm. I give back to veterans and other people. And that's why I was at that Bunker Labs event. I was networking to learn more about how to support veterans that are beginning businesses, and you happen to be a speaker that, that Yeah, that was, that was a cool event, too. That was yeah. fun. Yeah. Got to meet a, real, a lot of really cool people initially connect. I think Matt Mylott here with Signal Fire Media that produces our podcast at the time he was working for UNC Wilmington, mm. friend of yours, mutual friend. I think that's the first time he and I met as well. Wow, that was a pretty advantageous Yeah, <laughs> And now, you know, meeting. Signal Fire Media is co-located with our real estate firm here, Title Realty Partners, powered by EXP. So you moved down here for another purpose and then life 
changed and you pivoted and then you got involved in this issue. What, what got you started so passionate about helping out with this issue? Wow, we'd have to we'd have to go back some ways uh, to really uncover that because the, the interesting thing is that sometimes we start something for one reason, but we continue for another. Mm. This is so common in business. You know, sometimes the the clients that we have, you know, they they sign up because they have a certain kind of pain, but they stay because you do something more than what they were anticipating. You learn what their actual needs are, and um, with regards to opiate, I think that I started because I saw people that were being marginalized. And uh, it didn't feel right. It's almost like seeing a child being in the street without sounding any sort of way. It's almost like seeing a child in the street about to get hit by a car and everybody sees it happen. Nobody does anything like mm-hmm. this wasn't built that way. That's not my DNA. Mm-hmm. So I said, is this something we could potentially help with? It started out as just a project, a question. You know, it turned into a business because it was fueled by passion and data showed that there was something we could do, mm. you know, and then a, a feeling became a desire and desire became a plan and a plan became an action Mm -hmm. really though really yeah well i love how you laid that out and your thought because our thoughts create our emotions our emotions generally are what for moves us into action and then we get results based on those actions and then it loops back and we we adjust recount that's right and then whatever you put in too yeah so wilmington at the time was like one of the worst in the nation in terms of the percentage of the population that was being affected by overuse or abuse of uh, opioid. Yeah, there's definitely a difference between, for those that may be listening, you know, there's definitely a difference between opioid abuse and misuse. Yeah. You know, and uh, some overdoses are just purely accidental overdoses too. So classification is really important. But um, regardless of that, you know, we truly have an epidemic, a truly an epidemic without trying to be exaggeratory in any way. You know, more than one out of 10 people in the city mis- misuses or abuses substances, mm. opioids specifically. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's quite sad. And, and honestly, it's, it's, it's a physiologic response, not a moral failing. Mm. Like, and the data proves it too. Physiologic, anybody physically, physiologically has the, the opportunity to become addicted within five days. Wow. Five days. It's not saying that everybody will. But there's a possibility, right? So for people who are addicted to opioids, when, when they wake up in the morning going through the trawl, it's like the worst flu symptoms of your life. At that point, you're, you're taking substances just not to feel sick. It's not mm. about getting higher, feeling great. It's about not feeling like you're dying. Right. Like, and when you can understand that, that distinction, you know, and that, that we need to treat the whole person and this illness is no different. It really is no different than any other major chronic illness. Let's start approaching it that way. It changes everything. You know, and then on top of that, stop me at any point. I'm obviously passionate about this. <laughs> and, you know, you get to a place where it's like, you know, we're seeing such poor results and we're suffering so disproportionately in this city and across the nation. Why isn't somebody doing something about it? Mm. Well, you start, if I recall, you started bringing people together in the community to <clears throat> both educate for yourself because you saw this need and this concern arose within you and then started bringing together people trying to figure this out. And then from that, you identified a need that then you started working on a business solution to uh, solve this problem that was plaguing our community. That's right. Yeah. We essentially had these town hall meetings and we were meeting, I can't remember if it was six months or eight months in a row, but we were just filling up the room over at tech mountain. That um, was it the old Marlin room. Um, beautiful place by the way, but we'd be just fill it up with people who had something to say. 
mm. you know, and everybody, everybody had equal voice at the table, physicians and politicians and people who were in treatment and community leaders. And, and it was just to better understand the conversation, what was happening objectively, and mm-hmm. then le- leveraging, you know, lean startup methodology, you know, Stephen Blank, mm-hmm. you know, let's make sure we interview all the stakeholders, understand value proposition partnerships, like what solutions are, test the models, and then opiate was born, and we went through a couple pivots, like anything, mm-hmm. you know. And I think we're on to something now. Yeah. So tell us now, at this stage of the evolution of opiate, what is the the crux of what opiate is and what it's doing to solve this problem, both sure. here locally and across the world, eventually. Sure. So opiate is a, a a technology built to address substance use disorder. You know, specifically what we're doing is we're, we're working on two fronts. We're utilizing data that's already available today um, to improve outcomes for those struggling with opioid use disorders and, and other substance use disorders like alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, we're using data that's already available within electronic health records, you know, to put together, <clears throat> to leverage machine learning to better understand who's at risk for relapse and be able to use data-driven uh, decision support for clinicians that may not be as familiar with this disease on how better to potentially to treat it and identify people who are really struggling with their own data. It's almost like the equivalent of going to someone's kitchen when they're like, we've got nothing to eat. <laughs> I'm serious though. Yeah. We got nothing to eat. And you go through the cabinets and you find all these random things. You make a five course meal. They're like, I don't know how you did that. Yeah. A lot of these electronic health record systems at doctor's office are exactly that. All this data is just sitting in storage, not getting used properly. Mm. We whip up a five course meal with the data they already have. And show them that the data is really powerful, you know, and it can help, you know, it can help augment their decision making in a really meaningful way. So more Mm -hmm. of our neighbors make it home at night. Mm -hmm. So working on that front, but then we're also doing something that's a world's first, which is providing them data they never had before. Mm -hmm. And i.e. this, what's happening when people are outside of the clinic? Mm. Yeah. Right. It's called the white space. Right. It's the most costly time financially and to human life. They don't know. So we're creating the world's first biometric insight into treatments. The personalized treatment approaches identify when people are struggling to get them the help they need. And we're on path to get for FDA. We're going for breakthrough FDA approval on our algorithm. And we'll be the first literally in the world that's to awesome. do that. Yeah. And that's, that's where the rubber really hits the road where you move the needle. You and I were talking ahead of the show around this concept that, you know, opioid is meaningful technology that you're really... Mm-hmm. You know, the victory is going to be in the recovery, but it's like getting people to trust this technology, you know, with like the information I imagine mm-hmm. is, is, and the power that both the, the people that are providing support, the clinicians, things like that, but also the people on the receiving end of that support. So t- can you speak to your heart for that, you know, and what it is you're, you're trying to do and bridge this gap that exists possibly in the trust? Sure. So... I think it's probably important to speak to what the heart of opiate is, you know, because technology is just a tool. Technology makes things better, faster, and cheaper. Yeah. You know, a shovel's technology. <laughs> I use this all the time, right? Technology is a shovel. Right? Yeah. It's a shovel's technology. It makes it uh, faster and easier to dig a hole. Mm-hmm. But you can take a shovel and you can dig a hole, plant a tree, and for decades, hundreds of years, someone can benefit from the tree that you planted there yes. with the tool that you used, Right. Mm. Or you can choose to take that same shovel and walk over and knock your neighbor over the head with it. Yeah. Same shovel. So how are we going to use technology, in this case, in a meaningful way? Mm. The heart of opiate is a love for our neighbors. Mm. 
yeah. period. We want to see our neighbors come home at night. And I mean, my neighbors in recovery, I don't say addict. Right. Too much power in our words. Mm-hmm. Our words have the ability to speak life or speak death. Yes. There's power in our words. Mm-hmm. You know, so I say my neighbor, I love my neighbor. I want to see him come home at night. I want to see him come home to their families. And I think that uh, opiate can be technology if applied this way, which mm-hmm. is the spirit of as long as I'm running the company, it's going to be done this way, period. Mm-hmm. Right? Is using it in a meaningful way so that it can act as a vehicle to bring them home. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. So you person of very strong faith, mm-hmm. which guides yes. your life. Everything that you do and guides the vision you have for this company, just as you alluded to. So I'm wondering, um, what is it about that that you've learned as a business leader applying your faith so demonstratively in this technology sector, which mm-hmm. is, you know, for my experience, oftentimes aren't necessarily two things that come together as one. Hmm. And I'm wondering what you've learned about yourself and learned about that as a leader, bringing about this technological solution to a real-world problem, but your heart for opiate is your love for other people, love your neighbor as yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So absolutely. I, I love the way you're setting this up, too. So let me step back for a moment. I don't believe that anything's new, mm. Right. And I believe that everything is possible and a lot of things exist and not, they're not always revealed to us. Mm. Right. I think that God looks for a willing heart, mm. you know, Amen and, to that. Uh, and I don't believe that, you know, you have to be a genius. I just have to, I just believe that you have to have faith, let your mm. faith be bigger than your fear mm-hmm. and let your vision be bigger than, than, you know, the, the vision of your, of your, friends or family that say otherwise, mm-hmm. right? Believe in what's being put in front of you. Yeah. My co-author of the Mirror Book Project, Maria Spears, she has a song that she wrote with her woman's band and ministry called His Own, and the the bridge of the song is God's dreams are bigger than our own. <laughs> yep. And, you know, we, we can only see what we can see, but, you know, God can utilize you as an instrument <clears throat> for growing his kingdom by bringing about your skills and in technology, but have huge transformational outcomes for people both within our community and around the world. Um, but you, you're able to catch that vision and you can see it. And then he, he can utilize you as an instrument then to go make it happen. That's right. And sometimes I just have to make sure that I get out of my own way. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. And stay humble. Yeah. I stay humble, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's. Yeah. Oftentimes I think it's, um, you know, the prayer is, is stay open, open hands. Like h- how am I, how am I an instrument for your will as opposed to mine? Because mm-hmm. my mind might get in the way and might get distracted from what really is the blessing that can come about if, if I allow myself to be an instrument yeah, and I think that um, I think that just being in prayer too allows you to be able to cut out ego. Mm-hmm. Uh, ego is what blinds us. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're looking in the mirror and we're not looking out. Mm. So, like, I just I've, I have some really like strong beliefs that are just written in my DNA. Uh, like I mentioned to you earlier, this theory of ten it all comes from the Bible. You know. Yeah. And but the but the reality is like I believe that we're all 
created with infinite and and inherent value mm-hmm. each and every one of us mm-hmm. that there's no limit to it, the value that is woven in us from mm-hmm. birth mm-hmm. like and i'm a healthcare professional by trade by education and trade mm-hmm. i'm a healthcare professional i'm an expert on anatomy mm-hmm. you know cross-sectional anatomy and pathology right mm-hmm. you, the, the, our bodies are created with such brilliance and such precision mm-hmm. and so much beauty it's literally beautiful the way the human body works yeah we're so rare like we're infinitely valuable Mm-hmm. inherently valuable that's why i see everyone as a 10 literally everyone in my eyes is a 10 a 10 yeah we we talked about in the context of the the within the reflect acrostic the l chapter is to love yourself and let others know you love them and that's where you talked about that theory of 10 so now it's making sense to me everybody's it's because every, everybody's worth is objective in the eyes of god right we're all loved equally mm-hmm. right? yeah, no man or woman above the other we're just created for different purposes. Mm-hmm. Not only that, even more so, we were created for other people, not for ourselves. Mm. Like everything that was given to you, Tim. Yeah. Right? That your gifts, your skills, and your passions, they were not meant for you to benefit from directly. You'll benefit from them anyway. Right. You can't cast a seed and not have it take hold somewhere near you and be blessed by it, right? Amen. But, but it was meant for somebody else. So mm. how can you use your gifts and your abilities to bless someone else? Because you can do a lot more by putting other people first. You can only put your first self first one time, mm. right? So you true. You can make other people priority, and the, the way that multiplying factor, just from a mathematical standpoint, has a lot more acceleration to it. <laughs> yeah, you're. You know, you're so right. I'm. Um, I'm thinking about so many different directions we could go with this conversation right now, but I'm. I'm. I'm just. The beauty of what I'm hearing from you speak about what you do. And, and you said earlier, you know, what, what, what your methodology, your thought process is around what it's, it's not about what you do. It's about who you are and how you're serving others. But it's such a radically different way of what I experienced with most business leaders. Hmm. And one of the business leaders we had in town uh, for an event here this week, uh, we brought in from Richmond and he, his heart very much is aligned with, how does he serve the Lord, his wife, his daughters, and then the business, you know, in that order, but incredibly successful business person because he's put his priorities right mm-hmm. in about how he goes about doing business, yet he's helping all kinds of people uh, improve their businesses so that their lives can be enriched uh, and then they can go on and bless others by, um, you know, he talks about their their impact is grown by their income, mm-hmm. the more value that we create for others, um, then we can utilize something with that value that's been created and then go make a difference in other people's lives. So my hunch is, is that's, as you're making an impact and as you're growing this business, my I'm imagining that you're going to want to bless as many people as you can. Oh my gosh, that's like what I dream about. Some people dream about driving Lamborghinis. Mark my words. In three years, I'm still going to be driving my Honda Civic. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. I'm serious. I just don't care about those things anymore. Mm. And uh, But I, I do have dreams about some really cool stuff I want to do. Like, you're going to you're gonna see some things around town, I promise you. Mark mark those words. Yeah, we were talking about one dream you had for, you know, wh- where you would be with your family down the road and uh, have a space just to be able Oh, yeah, to- we're going to buy a big piece of dirt that's going to be a homestead, and that's part of my... Growing up story, we were moving like so much, so much. I never had any home that actually called a home. 
Right. Yeah, we just moved every year. It was just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So I, I want something that my family can come home to 200 years from now. Mm-hmm. I may be a long time out. But I want that Reeser piece of dirt, Reeser <laughs> ranch that they're they're coming home to, that everybody can come home to on Christmas, someplace that's just a central location. Yeah. It's important to me. Well, we were talking ahead of the show again, going back to the Reflect Acrostic, what resonated with you. And one of the things that you said was the re- recognize your power to change, which is kind of what you're talking about, mm-hmm. moving so frequently. And you, you, you said this statement that I really thought was really cool, is that we rewrite your stars. So could you tell us what, you, what that means? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't come up with that. Um, that, that came out actually out of a movie. I'd never heard it said that way before, but it really uh, made an impact on me. Uh, you know the movie that I'm talking about, too. Can't think of it off the top of my head, but it may come to me. Something Night. Night's Tale, yeah. Uh, What a great movie. Came out of Night's Tale, but it rings so true. So as we were, when I was growing up, we grew up pretty poor, and uh, we we did a half-decent job of hiding it most of the time, but grew up pretty poor. We moved around quite a bit. I don't think I ever lived in one home for more than a year or two at at the very most. Mm. Went to different schools and and what have you, but we were were poor. But at, at some point in my childhood, I realized there was a difference between being poor and being broke. Mm right? Mm-hmm. Um, poor is a mindset, very hard to break out of a mm-hmm. poverty mindset. You know, mm-hmm. I realized I was broke, temporary state of not having, right? Mm. And, and when, that, when that thought- I like the emphasis me, on temporary. It's temporary, yeah. state of not having, mm-hmm. right? And I realized that that wasn't my future, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I told myself very early on, I'm like, I'm going to crush everything you put in front of me because mm. I will not give up and I'm not going to settle either. Mm-hmm. I won't do it. So I just like, I, ch- I changed my story, you know, and I didn't have a lot of mentors or anybody around me. Mm-hmm. It's actually a pretty not so great situation. The, the thing is though, my father taught me how to pray and that was the great differentiator. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then there are a couple of people along the way that just gave me a glimmer that I was at least on the right path, mm. you know, and God willing, like things really panned out and I've, I've had some unbelievable struggles and tremendous breakthroughs. Mm-hmm. But when you see where some of my friends are that I grew up with, mm-hmm. and you see where I'm at today, I know that there's a God, mm-hmm. yeah. and also there's there's a power in perseverance. Yeah, absolutely. People overestimate what they can do in a year, Tim. Yes. Completely underestimate what can be done in a decade. I think Elon Musk said something similar to that. Yeah, and I got that from um, Tony. Tony Robbins? Yeah, I went to Tony Robbins to yeah. conference back in L.A. Like, it was the last one he did in Los Angeles. Walked on coals the whole night, man. <laughs> but yeah, you did I did the mean, fire walk. I did the fire walk. All and right. I, I, a lot of those truths I believed anyway, you know. But um, it's true, though. If you stay perseverant and you make small, consistent investments in yourself and the people around you, mm-hmm. where you are in 10 years, if you chose the right path, you do the next right thing. Elizabeth Elliot. Yeah, do, do the next right thing. Do the next right thing. Yeah, it's pretty astounding where you can end up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of my favorite verses, my favorite book of the Bible is Book of James, which is my middle name, and one of my favorite verses: Consider it pure joy when you face trials or tribulations of any kind, because it's a testing of your faith. And through perseverance, you know, then that, then it will become manifest. What it, what is it? You know, not everything that happens in life is good. But God uses everything that happens in our life for his good. That's true. And, but even the stuff that isn't good is good, mm-hmm. right? Like we're refined by fire. I was just telling somebody today, actually, on the way here, like your bones become strong when you tear your muscles. 
Yeah. Right? Like the yeah. more stress you put on your muscles, your muscles grow, and that's how your bones become strong. Astronauts' mm. bones become brittle because they don't have the ability to exert their muscles. Right. right? Stress makes us strong. Mm. Right? Fire purifies gold. Like right. without without tribulation, there's no strength. Without pain, there is no gain. Mm. You know, so even the things that are difficult in life, it's the attitude we take when we walk into them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the, and it's the understanding that things happen for my good. They're mm-hmm. not happening to me. They're happening for, for me. me. Yeah, Big we, difference. We talk a lot about that in uh, my coaching business with the man school. I was just thinking about uh, something my uh, my co-author, Maria Spears, said this morning. She has a podcast also called Girl, Water Your Grass. And she had to make a big pivot at the start of this year. And this idea that sometimes the interruptions in our life are what God meant for the destination to be. Now, you didn't come here to start opiate or work on this problem you came here for another business reason originally but this thing got your attention there was an interruption and here you go now you've created this business you know that god has purposes for they're probably way beyond anything you ever imagined Mm -hmm. but you've been willing to just kind of put your trust in him that he's going to use all the gifts and the talents that he's given you and all the other people he's surrounding you with in your life to go bear fruit. That's right. It's a lot more about the other people around me, just to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I I always find that in business especially is like I want to surround myself with people that are better than me at mm-hmm. something. Like because I, I'm good at certain things, but I'm not good at other things. I need other people to come into my life to help elevate me or to fill a gap and they have gifts and talents that I don't have. But together, we're much more strong collaborating with one another. We're each designed uniquely for a unique calling and purpose, and we come together and we're powerful. Yeah, that's good. We, we can make a lot happen. That's Whereas good. if I'm out there by myself, I can only do so much. We're meant to be in relationship. I think you said that earlier to, yeah. during the podcast. Yeah, yeah, we're meant to be in relation. We're built for each other. It's like, can you imagine a home? trying to stand up if the nails didn't nail into the two-by-fours. Yeah. Instead, we just want to be nails and hang out with nails. <laughs> you know, everything works together for the good and creates cre- you know, creates the ultimate structure of, yeah. you know, to serve one unified purpose but working together. Yeah. Well, one of the questions I always like to ask um, my guests is, you know, within this idea that to reflect the life you want Mm -hmm. and clearly, you know, for you, part of that is reflecting love of God, love Christ into the world. I would imagine, but I'm hunching. You're probably working on something for yourself right now to be better, to become the best version of yourself. So if you were to think about right now where you're at in life and everything that you got going on, what is it that you're working on personally to reflect more of the life that you want into the world? Yeah, that's good. I mean, I'm spending my mornings in prayer and being intentional about that, mm-hmm. um, because I'm I'm the tendency I have the tendency that I've I've got quite a work uh, work ethic mm-hmm. where I'll just get into it and like lose ten hours. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I'm trying to start my day off and solely in prayer in the morning to be reflective and not and also to make sure that the time I'm spending on things are guided not by my. Uh, you know, uh, distractions sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, but focus on things I should be thinking about so that I would think it falls in that category. 
you know, I'm, I'm attempting, although this is very difficult in the journey that I'm on now, to be able to spend more time being outdoors in nature. Mm. That's like really therapeutic for me. Mm-hmm. Like, and I feel like that's when God speaks new things to me. Like, I see the new thing when I'm out in creation, like, especially when I'm out a walk on in the mountain. Yeah. Like, a lot of the best ideas that I've had have come on those walks. It's pretty astounding, honestly. And, um, I'd like to say that I'm working out again now, but Mark, if you're listening, man, I, I got to get back on the horse <laughs> <laughs> big time. My trainer, he's yeah. like, he's awesome guy. I've, I've got to get back on the horse. But um, really, I think that it's the investments we make in others. It's a way of investing back in ourselves because I'll tell you a perfect example of this. At least I think it's a perfect example. Mm-hmm. You can be the judge, see if you're put, picking up what I'm putting down. But I'm investing in my family and my wife and my girls. Yeah. And uh, I think that is the best investment that we can make outside of spending time with God is investing in your girls, investing in your family, because the reality is, and I hope this doesn't come off any, any uh, insulting way, Tim, but I don't really care what anybody thinks about me. <clears throat> I'm kind of the same way. I, I literally don't. I, and not that I don't like you and yeah. I, I don't like anybody else. Like yeah. I care, love everybody, right? But I don't really care what anyone thinks of me mm-hmm. because I'm coming from a place where I genuinely love others. I'm giving my best. If mm-hmm. I waste too much brain power thinking if somebody likes me or not, um, I, I could have been done helping them much more. <clears throat> yeah. But I do care what my wife thinks about me. Mm-hmm. I do care what my girls think about me. Those opinions actually do matter to me. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I, re- I, I spend time feeding those relationships. And mm-hmm. I think in the future and even now I benefit from that, that that's lifting me up. And I think I'm setting them up for success. Mm-hmm. But that ties back to the, the L chapter, love yourself. Mm. and let others know you love me. And for you and I, that source of that love is from God, ultimately. Uh, He is love. He created everything from a place of love, and he designed us to be in relationship, to show love to one another. Mm -hmm. And uh, your priority first with him, and then to your wife and your daughters, and then ultimately through opioid, you're showing a lot of love to a lot of people, helping them to uh, have victory and recovery, and then to be able to be... um, more effective, you know, and sharing their talents and their gifts and making greater contribution to the world by overcoming um, what may be a misuse. Breaking their shackles. Man, I'll yeah. tell you what, there's not a lot more powerful things in the world than someone who's walked through the hell of addiction and come yeah. out on the other side. Mm. You want to talk about a resilient group of people. Yeah. You want to talk about being capable of anything. Like, we have such an amazing population who's shackled right now. If we help set them free give them the opportunity. In fact, you can't do the work for them. All you can do is create an environment where they can be successful. Yeah. Right. So if we can create a more successful environment, that's, that's outside of judgment, mm-hmm. that's providing with the opportunity and the tools they, they need to actually get there and stay there. Mm-hmm. What they can do for the world, what they can do for themselves, the vindication, like so much power, so much mm-hmm. power. And we're going to screw up and I'm not perfect. And I screw up every day, mm-hmm. you know, and this is a reality and I mm-hmm. give my best. Yeah. But uh, I really think we're going to make a difference, and there's a lot of people out there who need who need some help. Well, it's interesting. You know, ahead of this show, when I invited you for guests, I was imagining, you know, we'd probably be talking a lot about this technology that you're applying to solve this problem in the world. But it's interesting that so much of our conversation is more about just what you believe and what you believe your purpose is and your unique calling and some of the gifts and talents you have and how they're intended to be utilized. You know, you're, you're an instrument being played in God's orchestra. And it's like, 
you're you're focused on staying in tune, right? right? You're ready to be played, and you combine your instrument with others in collaboration in solving this problem. Then you create beautiful music for the world, and then you make an impact to both our community and throughout this nation and beyond. So it's really just as we're talking, it's just really cool to me that I thought we might be talking more about this kind of stuff, but we're having this kind of a conversation, which is really cool. So I want to honor that about you as a leader and a man of God and just your boldness in what you're talking about and what you're sharing here this afternoon. So it creates a space for us to have a really cool conversation for our listeners. So you've learned a lot to this point in life. Um, You've learned a lot as an entrepreneur. You've learned a lot as a man of God, uh, uh, a husband, a father. If if there was like one piece of advice that you could impart, whether it be to your daughters or somebody else that you encounter in life right now, to reflect more of the life that they would want to have, what would be that one thing right now that you'd want to share with others? To anyone, just share with anyone. Mm-hmm. The, the, the cumulative knowledge and experience of my entire life yeah. summed up in one sentence. Yeah. No pressure. <laughs> you know, I'd really say that... Um, to believe that anything is possible because mm. it truly is. I mean, it truly is mm-hmm. like, I can tell you things that literally the world would have said was impossible. Mm-hmm. People thought I was crazy. Mm-hmm. Things I've seen happen around me that had nothing to do with me. Anything is possible. Mm-hmm. And from a Christian perspective, which I respect whatever anybody believes, mm-hmm. but this is my truth. Yeah. Right. So from a Christian perspective, if the spirit of God lives in you, the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, Mm. nothing is impossible for you. If yeah. you believe, have the, the faith of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. The thing is you actually have to believe it. And when you pray, you got to believe that it will come true. Mm-hmm. And if you don't ask for it, you shouldn't feel bad. You didn't get it. Yeah. Ask for it in truth, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And believe and step out on faith because sometimes you just got to go. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's how you know if you have faith or not. If, like if you're timid in your faith, we weren't given a spirit of fear and timidity, but a spirit of power. Yep. Right. Step out in that. So I would say that truly, truly, if you feel like something was put in your heart, you know, and you can't turn it off and you can't shut it down and you keep getting woken up at night about that you're supposed to do something, yep. don't believe in your limitations. Your limitations are going to always be there as long as you believe them. Mm-hmm. The only limitation you have is the one you put on yourself, period. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. That's powerful. And it's clear your conviction that you're stating that. I believe my uh, co-author, her word of the year, Maria Spears, for 2021 was miracles. Mm. Is right in line with what you're thinking about, you know, and just things that she put out there that were impossible, if not for, right? So she would just pray with open hands around whatever the issue was, and just so many different miracles that have occurred in, in the last year in our life because of having that open hands kind of posture, like, okay, utilize me. I'm an instrument. You know, what, what do you have for me? What, what are you intending? What are your purposes? I'm asking for help in this area. I believe that it's possible that you can make that happen. And sure enough, then things happen. So having that faith of the mustard seed is powerful. Have you ever seen a mustard seed? It's, it's tiny. It's I've like, won, I've <laughs> worn them my mantle. And it's, it sits inside of a tiny little bottle. Yeah. Right. It sits in inside, uh, right in front of a little plaque that we have. Yeah. Yeah. I know how small a mustard it, seed it is. It is tiny. But, it, you know, that's the faith that can move mountains, right? That's all it takes. 
Mm-hmm. It's got to be pure. That's mm-hmm. the thing. That that I think is the key for all of us is having that humility. You know, C.S. Lewis uh, talked about. You know, it's not about thinking less of ourselves. It's thinking less about ourselves. And you were talking about earlier, not really caring about what anybody else thinks. And I'm kind of that same way, but I'm human. So I'm still growing. I'm still trying to grow in humility is that to not be concerned about what anybody else thinks of me. Uh, Cause that's pride, you know, we, and we can't have that. We're and, not, you're gonna, and you know what? We're not perfect. We're going to yeah. get pulled into potentially old ways and stuff yeah. but as much as we can free ourselves from that. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems to me like you're in an incredibly cool place in life. That the growth that you've experienced as a man, as a believer, to where you're at, and how you, the instrument that you're being played now in this role that you're in as a leader of opioid, and the impact that that's going to have. It's just really, really cool. So just meeting you a few years ago to where you are right now, and I don't know half the story of what you've been through in the last few years, but you just have a sense of calm and peace about you and your convictions are so strong. It's really, really cool to see. Oh, I appreciate that. Wow. Thank you. That yeah. was very nice of you to say. Yeah. Because it, it seldom do you encounter people that just have that inner peace and joy. And they just, no matter what, they can ride the storm because they know ultimately where they're headed and what life is totally about. Apologize, that's my assistant. Yeah, no, it's totally fine. Totally fine. And the reality is, like, uh, for for what it's worth, is I feel like I've lived a really full life already. Yeah, I feel like you know I'm I'm going to turn 42 here soon, so hopefully I got a lot more years on this planet. But um, I've I've lived a lot of lives. Mm-hmm. I think in this period of time, I've lived a lot of lives, and I'm, I know we all have been through a lot. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm just satisfied that even if I were to leave tomorrow, like I have done a good job. You know, so I just, I would just, I just want to appreciate each day that I do get and invest in others and, mm-hmm. you know, be the best that I can be with what mm-hmm. I've been given. And uh, when it's my time to go home, um, I can check out, you know, I've, I've got peace. You know, I know, I know what's actually important. Mm-hmm. Everything else is frivolous, you know? So I enjoy my time with people, investing in people, mm-hmm. what a beautiful gift that is, you know, and then being able to enjoy my family and do some fun things too. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking about scripture, you know, at, at the end, what we want to hear is well done, good and faithful servant. That's right. And I think that's the path you're on. I hope so, man. I appreciate so, that. Yeah. That's, that's what's coming out for me. And just, just hearing you talk, I, I think it's amazing what you're working on the technology to help solve this real world problem. That'll make a difference in people's lives here locally and nationally or internationally, hopefully eventually. But who you are as a person and who you've become, I think is even more impactful down the road. What kind of impact you'll have as a leader, as a man, as a husband, as a father. I think ultimately that's really uh, the legacy that you're going to have. Oh, wow. I genuinely, genuinely appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you, Tim. Well, it's been an absolute honor to have you as a guest. If people want to learn more about David Reeser or Opiate or want to connect with you, you know, just, hearing you talk about your faith and want to reach out and make it, what's the best way to connect with you? Well, there's a few ways to do this. So um, you can email me if, if everyone's still doing email for whenever they hear this <laughs> message. It's david at opa.tech. That's never going to change. Yeah. It'll always be there. I mean, I'll always be the person answering the emails uh, at some point. We'll see. 
but uh, david at opa.tech. You can find me at Life Church. I'm always at the door greeting people. So mm-hmm. if you ever want to come to Life Church, shout out to the Life Church and Tim Blevins, our pastor. Um, you can always find me there, uh, or you can visit us on the website and maybe at some point uh, in a virtual world, <laughs> in <laughs> augmented reality. But uh, website's uh, opa.tech. It's not beautiful right now because we're trying to fly a little bit under stealth uh, so that yeah. our competitors don't don't learn too much about us. Yeah. But uh, yeah, those are some ways to get a hold of us. And if I can be of assistance to anyone specifically uh, because they're either interested in the technology and helping a loved one or, you know, empowering their clinics, you know, to do machine learning uh, and, and improve outcomes, happy to do that. Or if you want to be part of our clinical trials, which we'd even talk about, you mm-hmm. know, I'm in the process of recruiting for phase two clinical trials, to get FDA approval. Uh, sure. Uh, or if you just need to be lifted up, I'm happy to lift people up. You know, yeah. we need each other. Hmm. Well, I've been lifted up just by this conversation we've had. You know, just it's re- really, really cool, rich conversation that we're having. Uh, I've been blessed by it. So I thank you for being here as a guest. Um, I usually say to all my guests on the show, you know, go out there and live a life of greatness. But I think you're already doing it. Wow, so thanks. I That's think really just, sweet. Just keep going, keep walking, keep, uh, keep strong in your faith. Stay focused on what's really important, and I know that you'll bring that to bear in everything you're doing. Thank you so much. What a pleasure. Well, thank you for being a guest. All right. Well, this is Tim Howard, the host of Reflect Your Life You Want, and it's been an absolute pleasure, David, to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you.